We want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. And honestly, right now is still a great time to book a Walt Disney World vacation or a Disney Cruise Line or any other type of vacation because you're going to need it. She does all the work. She has saved us tons of money on numerous vacations. We love working with Michelle. You will too. Her email is in the show notes. So let her know that you're ready for a vacation. Now on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney, or should I say Star Wars, Doug? May the fourth be with you. Well, absolutely, and also with you. And Star Wars is Disney, so we're still talking all things Disney. We are. It's just a little sublet of Disney, and it's a good one. And so... You know, the parks are closed, Doug, so this is going to be a fun topic to jump on into, especially with everything happening in Disney+, Plus, and it's just a lot of fun things to celebrate, so it's it's good to talk about Star Wars right now. Yes, yes. May the 4th, and it's Star Wars time, that is for sure, but first, Derek. But first, we do not have any new Patreons, though, Doug, I did update the Patreon uh, part of our website, Whoa. so... Hopefully Whoa, your what? name is there. Whoa. If it's not, let us know. We have a lot of names to get through. <laughs> and so uh, check that out on www.ropedroppers.com. But thank you to all of our Patreons who support the show, get the after show, some of the swag. Some of the, Now we have one-year people who are getting special gifts. So uh, thank you to everyone in that community. And also, if you've been one for a year and I have failed to send you your year thing, let me know because I'm really bad at tracking it. Patreon's not helping me, really. It's great. It's, it's not the it's best great. website ever. <laughs> no, but it works for what it is. It so. is. And so thank you to all of you guys. And we'll have a really good after show today. So if you want to sure. check that out, you got to become a Patreon. So you can visit that in the show notes. But Doug, what about reviews? We're going to read one review on the old Apple music, Apple podcast. podcast. My gosh, I forgot what I wanted to call it iTunes so bad. But I didn't. All right. So reading one review, it is titled RDR. I'm hoping that stands for Rope Drop Radio. And it's by Nick1234567289. That's not a fake account at all, is it? And then a candy bar and a cake. I I really like the emojis. Those are questionable for my pronunciation. But I think I got that one all right. A candy bar and a cake. And I think there's a cherry on top of the cake, too. Okay. Anyway. They are so funny. Doug and Derek are my favorite people to listen to in my free time, and they give us so many tips. Ooh, I like it. Short to the point. Free time, which uh, some people have a lot of right now. A lot of time. Glad it. We're missing all of our commuters. Like, all the reviews that say, uh, I love listening to Derek and Doug on my drive to work, we're not getting those anymore. No. So maybe if you're a commuter and you've been missing us, I hope you enjoy this now that you're back in the rat race, as they call it, yes, on the old carousel progress. Ooh, I like it. All right. And uh, we got to talk about the Quarantine K5K. Well, quarantine Key, Derek. Key, sorry. Key. This isn't a Royal Caribbean show. It's my fault. Quarantine Key 5K. That's a, It's a mouthful, but... What this is is a virtual race on Memorial Weekend. We teamed up with some other podcasts. Steve from the DCL podcast contacted us, see if we want to be a part of it. And I'm like, sure, because we've been doing some virtual trips, some virtual cruises, and that sort of stuff. I think we should probably do another virtual trip 
next weekend, maybe? We, we're due to have a trip, Derek. I'm Anywho, ready for a trip. Not during Mother's Day, though. We're no, not, we got to go after going that. On trip yeah, the don't... weekend after Mother's Day. Not We're not interfering with Mother's Day, to be clear. Sacred weekend. Yes. Not interfering. But so virtual run. So basically, you get out, you run, you take your picture, your selfie while you're running, post it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, tag us, tag hashtag quarantine key 5K, and it's spelled with a C, like Castaway would be spelled. And, uh, I think it was Steve's son came up with a really cool logo. Check it out. There's t-shirts for sale that you can find. And the money from the shirts will go to Give Kids a World. So that's where the profits from that are going to go. And we're doing this with other podcasts and the other and in a vlog. So the vlog is Mouse Gen. And then the other podcasts are DCL Podcast, Disney Deciphered, and then DCL Duo. And we've had Disney Deciphered and DCL duo well before they were dcl duo brian flock was on here and it's his website where you can find the shirts on dclduo.com and you can shop through their site uh they are also matching the donation up to 500 dollars. so yeah so your donation to give kids world will get doubled um by buying a shirt with this pretty nifty quarantine logo on it so hopefully everybody is running does that mean i have to run how far do i have to run it's a 5k Derek. It's, I mean, it's in kilometers. So use your okay. imagination. It's European. I was going to say that's, I was going to, I, I, I think imagination miles. I mean, cause our imagination trips, you know, we do whatever we want. I was hoping it could be an imaginary 5k. Correct. I will I run to the I'm, fridge and back. My goal is to do it. We'll see. I may die trying. However, there's one other podcast on here. I left off that we're doing with this. It's podcast stardust. And so I started listening to Podcast Stardust um, after kind of this got going. I checked out a few episodes. and I thought, I really like this. Then I noticed the calendar. May the 4th is coming up. Man, it'd be fun to do a Star Wars episode. I wonder who we should ask. So there it is. So then we asked Podcast Stardust to come on. So Dennis and Joy. Sorry. It's not Joyce, is it? Jay. Jay. I go by Jay. Jay. I needed to change the email. Um, All right. So we're going to welcome on Podcast Stardust, Dennis and Jay. Welcome to Rope Drop Radio. Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, guys. I feel like I'm the odd person out here. We've got all D names, and then one of these things is not like the other one. But hey, it's great to be here. Someone's got to be special. Today, we're going to kind of wrap up the May the 4th or Star Wars Day, because a lot of great things happen today on May the 4th with um disney plus since we couldn't be in the parks to celebrate star wars day we did it with disney plus so let's get the ball rolling with you guys giving the rope droppers a little bit of your background well sure um so podcast stardust is despite having about 100 episodes out right now is relatively new we started this podcast back in october of 2019 it's the successor to a previous podcast which was starship sabers and scoundrels Jay, you and I have been podcasting together for what now? Two and a half years? Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're we're going on three, going strong. Yeah. And we right now we're doing about three shows a week. We cover Star Wars news. Usually on Monday, Wednesday is some sort of a discussion episode around a central topic. And Friday is a review of some recent Star Wars content, whether it's The Clone Wars, The Mandalorian, or a recent book or comic. Uh, but yeah, uh, we've try and keep our episodes to digestible size and get out there. And we just are all about the Star Wars content. 
Yep. And we also do a once a month special feature called World Between Worlds, which is a focus on Star Wars lifestyle and fashion products. Awesome. Nice. Fashion products. Speaking of fashion products, Shop Disney or Disney. Yeah, they, they rolled out a bunch of products today. And my daughter and wife had their eyes on some Ahsoka ears and that did not go well. There's mm. still tears mm-hmm. going on. I, I told my daughter, I'll just email Ashley and see what happens. And then they laughed. It stopped the tears because then they made fun of me. Yeah, those lasted, <laughs> what, all of 30 seconds on the if, market? Yeah. 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 Now they're like $400 on eBay. So Ooh. that's spectacular. You could have made money off that one, Doug. Oh, they're they're Got priceless it. if you buy them at the right price. But I'm not spending $400. Sorry, Sam. Oh, well, all of us. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt right now. Doug, I see you. Are you guys as well? I went for a run earlier today with some of my Star Wars gear from last year's Star Wars Rival Run weekend. And I actually have a full, I, I went for a run today as well, coincidentally. And I have an entire Ahsoka from her universe, which is Ashley Eckstein, uh, running outfit. So I wore that to kind of channel my inner Ahsoka today. You guys well, are I'm... getting ready for this uh, 5K. I'm not. Good job. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I... Dennis and I are both runners anyways. Um, I've been running competitively for about 10 years, but uh, Dennis is the faster and better runner. Oh, I have to keep the weight off some way at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Those are words nobody's ever said about me, the faster and better runner. I (laughs) did do the last, the last year they did the races at Disneyland. Um, I did do the Star Wars runs that year on both coasts. And this was the shirt I wore, my Rex shirt, while my wife was dressed up as Ahsoka. Nice. So I got the better end of the deal. I just wore a t-shirt. She had to like have things on her head and orange and yeah. So there you go. Perfect. All right. Well, today, all of the movies, all nine of them were on Disney plus. How cool is that? In fact, like Disney plus was pretty much all star Wars. You just scroll through. It was pretty incredible. So uh, what do you guys feel? How do you feel about Disney Plus right now and Disney in general having all the Lucasfilm content? Well, for me, you know, I haven't dug into the Rise of Skywalker yet. I know that it's there, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, having them all in one place and like you said, just easily digestible and just right at the the tip of your fingers is always a great thing. Everything but Solo. So we don't yeah. know when we're going to get that one on Disney Plus yet. But um, but yeah, it's a it's it's always a good thing to have Star Wars at your fingertips. Disney Plus is the key to my sanity right now. While <laughs> your stay at home. Amen. Order. Amen. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we've been doing a Saturday night movie night with my boys who are uh, a teen and a preteen, and uh, just having the Star Wars content out there. We did um, we re- uh, rewatched the Mandalorian. We've been doing the Clone Wars and then finally getting the Rise of Skywalker uh, there today. And that's the only place you can get it outside of paying for it elsewhere uh, is has been fantastic. That was a big part of my May the 4th celebration. And um, it was fun getting on Disney Plus and seeing all the concept art that they had mm. up there for the title of each one of the movies. Yeah, I think having the whole saga there, the Skywalker saga is really special because you can go to one place and watch it all. Before that, like I had to find my DVDs or my Blu-rays or the special edition Blu-rays and like 
mix and you know some were widescreen some were not i have attack of the clones is full screen i don't know why i did that why would you ever buy full i have screen? no idea I, that was like 20 years ago give or take you didn't know what you're doing yet, no right? i didn't <laughs> yeah you live and learn yeah so it's pretty exciting having the whole saga so speaking of the saga i like to ask the difficult questions so we're gonna we're gonna dive in if you had to pick one scene from the saga so just the start the you know nine movie saga was your favorite scene and why oh for me that's easy it's the battle of hoth from the empire strikes back um that was the movie it was not the first movie that i saw in the theaters i was around for a new hope and i saw that one there but it's the first one i really remember seeing in the theaters and the adats marching across the snow and attacking the rebels captured my imagination as a kid i had the adat toy as a child i recreated that battle myself um, I drew edits all over the place and, um, that was, that was it. And to this day, whenever that movie's on TNT or I wander in a room and someone's watching it, I'll sit down and watch that and then get up and go do something else. Cause I've seen these movies so many times. I know most of them by heart, but I always have to sit down and watch that fight. It is the, the best battle across all of Star Wars. How did I know you were going to say that? I think we've Mainly, been podcasting long enough that yeah. we almost can read each other's minds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, for me, you know, it's it's crazy because different scenes resonate with me at different times. And, you know, being as Dennis and I call ourselves first generation Star Wars fans, you know, I've been watching these movies since I was the tender age of seven in 1977. So everything is different, you know, and I, I can't ever pick a, a scene that I, I truly call my favorite. But right now, if I had to pick one, I would have to say that the scene in the rise of Skywalker, where Luke is raising the X-wing for Ray at that point, mm. just brings everything full circle. And I, that was the point that of course I was bawling pretty much that whole movie, but that was the point where I, I just, I broke it. I mean, it was just, it was bad at that point. <laughs> so, but you know, there's, there's other scenes too. Um, the bridge scene in return of the Jedi has always been one of my favorite ones too. When Luke is talking to Vader and Vader saying, I see you've built your lightsaber, you know, and that name means has no meaning for me. So now son, you know, those kinds of things just, they stick with me as a mom now so, you know, as I've evolved as a fan, just these scenes, just they, they hit me in different ways. But yeah, that X-Wing scene right now is my favorite. It's a good one. Man, that is going. Derek, do you want to go? Yeah, next? I'll go. Uh, I'm going to go episode one and go with Duel of the Fates. Uh, just that uh-huh. Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Darth Maul battle. Oh, it got me. Well, I don't know. I was in middle school, sixth grade when that came out, maybe earlier. And it just it blew my mind. And still, that music will get me pumped up. I could probably run a 5K with that music going on. because There John you Lindsay. go. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, I love that scene. I love a lot of scenes. It was really hard to pick one. But I was just thinking the one that just gets me every time, and that's it. Man, all good choices. I don't feel like there's a wrong choice unless you... I don't know something about the relationship of Attican and Padme. And if you talk the sand two. scene, that that's the wrong one. I don't like sand. It's it gets everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, that's not my favorite scene. Um, so my my favorite scene's a little broader. I'm gonna. I went last, so I can make up new rules. Um, so mine is more from that parent standpoint. It, it definitely changed as you know I got older, and from that parent standpoint. So I started my 
older two kids watching from episode one, then they watched episode two, and then they watched about four seasons of the Clone Wars. And then they're like seven and five, and I throw episode three at them. So Order 66 is my my scene because I remember when Anakin's going in to, you know, kill little kids, I look over and my, my daughter is like just full on tears because Aww. she's been watching the Clone Wars every day, episode after episode. Anytime we were in our van driving around, she's watching the Clone Wars. So Anakin was getting really, really built up, you know, like he's... And so to see Anakin turn like that and turn into Darth Vader and they had never been exposed to Darth Vader. So seeing Anakin's fall through their eyes was like Hmm. a lot, lots of tears. It was, I don't know if I felt like a good parent or a really bad parent, but it's a memory I have that, and so order 66 and then Today, Order 66 gets a whole nother layer, and here my daughter is watching it smiling as uh, we can do sp- spoilers, right? Spoilers! It's, it's it's spoilers. As Ahsoka, you know, escapes Order 66. I mean, we knew she escaped Order 66, but now we know how. So it was tears the other direction today for my daughter. So how about that for Order 66 coming around? That was wordy. I apologize. Derek will can, probably can we, edit out No, half of what I won't because I, I want to. Can we all admit, though, that the Rogue One Darth Vader scene is still the best scene in all of Star Wars? Like in all the movies all together. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think of that one. How well, but it's not in the nine. nine. So that, it's that, not in the nine, but yeah. it's still in the Skywalker saga because it is oh. a Skywalker. Doing oh, OK. See, I, I kept, but it's kept not it out of that. the nine. I, I kept true. it out for that reason. You did say the reason. saga. I yeah, said the saga. But isn't Rogue One really just a a prequel to episode four? Okay. Can we just... Well, that, la- that those three minutes are the best uh, Star Wars film, period. I just could watch that. I could watch Darth Vader just mulling down red shirts, basically, and that, that's, that's a movie for me. <laughs> it's certainly the most brutal three minutes of Star Wars out there, and it will get your attention faster than just about anything else. That's true. You get to see uh, a dar- a Sith Lord just mow through people, and that's kind of something that's been more or less saved for the animation side, where you really get to see the Jedi and the and they're just they're doing it to machinery, right? So it's not the same when you're, yeah. So speaking of the animation side, we'll get beyond the saga now, and uh, we have the standalone films, the Clone Wars on Disney Plus, um, the last season of Clone Wars. Had a ton of anticipation. Did it live up to that anticipation for you guys? Wow. Well, you know, I would say for me, I was a huge Clone Wars fan. And I was one of those that when it ended, honestly, I wept. I went through withdrawal. I went through the whole grief process. It was a very, very bad time for me. So, you know, I was definitely on board with the hashtag Save the Clone Wars movement. And so when it was, you know, announced at Comic-Con that it was coming back, I was so ecstatic. So, you know, the anticipation of it coming back was just insane. And of course, you know, Dennis and I have talked about this so many times in terms of just the way that the animation has gone leaps and bounds ahead of even where it was. And it was even innovative at the time. And it just Mm -hmm. feels so cinematic. So, you know, just in addition to the way that it looks and it feels, the storylines themselves, I do feel, have really lived up to 
everything that we've wanted them to. I mean, you know, like you said, you brought up a couple really good points as far as, you know, the the way that it felt when you were watching Order 66. As you said, we knew that how what was going to happen, but we didn't know how. And it's the same thing even going back all the way to Revenge of the Sith. I mean, we knew that Anakin was going to turn to Darth Vader, but we just didn't know how. And so this gives us that feeling of completion at this point and seeing a lot of these stories being played out that the way that we always hoped that they would um and just seeing my girl ahsoka go at it mm, oh boy i'm telling you what that was just one of the my most favorite favorite things to see in this this whole thing and as you said too you know doug with the whole thing with your daughter and seeing revenge of the sith and then seeing anakin and the way that anakin was portrayed um, this is another thing that Dennis and I have spoken about several times as well, is that watching the Clone Wars makes Anakin's fall that much harder mm-hmm. and you understand it that much more. So for me, I, I am, I'm beyond ecstatic. Jay and I both had the fortune of good fortune of attending Star Celebration Chicago last year when they previewed the Clone Wars as it was coming out. And they gave us a little bit of the three different story arcs. There was the Bad Batch, which was cool. Mm -hmm. And then there was the Martez sisters with Ahsoka's adventure with them, which was intriguing. And then they teased this whole confrontation with Maul and the Siege of Mandalore. And that was the sit back in your chair. Wow moment. And so when we finally got to that over the past few weeks, as much as I enjoyed the first eight episodes, this just blew me away. It took me uh, um, all kinds of emotions out there. The Clone Wars was how my kids got into Star Wars. Uh, My oldest was four when the series started, and I'll never forget him jumping off the couch when he saw the Defenders of Peace episode when Anakin, Ahsoka, and a couple clones come marching out of an energy shield to defend all these little Lerman, uh, lemur-looking like Mm -hmm. aliens from the Defoliator and uh, George Takai voicing uh, Lot Durd, uh, the voice, and he just jumped off and got really excited. And just to see where it's come and how much darker it's got, it, it just delivered on the promise that it's been giving us that it was going to detail that time between Attack Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And I, I think they hit a home run. They nailed it. Oh, man, yeah. those, those four episodes at the end were incredible. That was Ahsoka just on a different level. I, I'm like, where's the movie of this? I, I, mm-hmm. I, I hope they do a lot more when the uh, Mandalorian coming out with uh, Rosaria Dawson. But, yeah, that was... That was phenomenal television. Yeah, and I like that they put the entire Clone Wars on Disney Plus instead of like, we're going to give you this season and hold this season back. They're not playing games with us. One thing that the animation, I think, does a lot better than the films for the prequels is it builds Anakin and Padme's relationship because you actually feel like you know that they actually care about each other. If you just watch the movies, you're like, oh, that seemed like an arranged marriage. Like it just it's just so awkward in the films. But the the animation does a good job. That's the one thing that I think I think my daughter said to me. I don't think it was my own thought. She's like the one thing they only had Padme in like one scene. I think in all the whole and just in the first arc and really she wanted a scene with Ahsoka and Padme. She, she wanted that. That was, that's her one complaint. And when my daughter only has one complaint as a 14 year old girl, that's, that's impressive. I mean, she has at least 20 complaints every episode that we do, Doug. I get a list. Yep. She's <laughs> the second biggest critic we have. Well, yeah. 
it was kind of unfortunate that Cat Tabor got underused as Padme in this, but you're right. The series overall did a great job establishing that relationship. But if you take another step back, even Obi-Wan was a side mm. character yeah. this entire season. Yeah. I mean, he got very he little was. screen time and, you know, and Anakin was around predominantly for the first four episodes of the bad batch. But then in that he showed up in the first episode of this arc and we haven't seen mm. him since. And so this really was, about closure for Ahsoka and Rex. And I know Dave Filoni has spoken to that on the starwars.com. I guess the clone wars download episodes that they do over there about how the Ahsoka and Rex were really the main two characters and he needed to give them some closure. And that's the direction we went. And I guess we should have seen this coming because as I was mm-hmm. saying earlier, when we were in star Wars celebration, when they did that panel, it was Dave Filoni, Ashley Eckstein and Sam Witwer. So, you know, mm-hmm. Ahsoka and Maul. And those really two were the two big stars of the season. And and we love James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan and, so, and Matt Lantern as Anakin. And so I'd love to see more from them, but I now understand the focus. Yeah, my wife just said, not enough, Matt. That was her main thing. Not enough, Matt. That's all she <laughs> That's it. She's, yeah, that's why she's not a guest um, for Star Wars. But, uh, you know, the you mentioned Dave Filoni. Let's transition over to the Mandalorian. Um, can we just all agree Dave Filoni needs to do a three movie saga series like to the big screen time? Is it time for that? I think it was time for that a while ago. Yeah, Dave can make all the Star Wars he wants for me. Uh, you know, him and John Favreau mm. proved to be an exceptional team. I loved everything about the Mandalorian. And um, they, yeah, just give them everything they want to do, just green light it, let it go. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, Dave is only second to the maker himself. So mm-hmm. he's been his apprentice and protege for all of these years. And it's always I've always felt it was in really good hands with Dave Filoni as well, because he is a fan of the saga. He's a fan of Star Wars and he is a walking encyclopedia. So he cares for everything in such a deep, deep way. And he's but yeah, he's still grounded. He wants to do the things that the fans want. But, you know, not not fan service. I don't want to say that, but to the point where he's doing things justice. And I think that that's phenomenal. Yeah. I, well said. Yep. Have you guys had the chance to see the, uh, well, the behind the scenes, so to speak, of The Mandalorian, the new series that dropped uh, today as well? And it was about the directors in episode one. Yes, I did. Actually, I gave my husband a chance to choose if he wanted to watch uh, the last episode of The Clone Wars again with me, The Mandalorian or The Rise of Skywalker. So it was Star Wars, Star Wars or Star Wars. And he chose The Mandalorian. So (laughs) so we did proceed to watch that. And it was actually really cool to see um, the different perspectives of the different directors and just the different kinds of talents and things that they brought to the table, literally and figuratively. But yet they were all working towards the same common goal. And, you know, even after watching that, I just feel like I have a better appreciation for each one of those episodes specifically, just knowing who was behind the creative helm of each one. So it was actually it was really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I watched that as well. And I really enjoyed it. Again, we got to see the Mandalorian panel at Star Wars Celebration Chicago, and it was just so much fun listening to Favreau and Filoni geek out about making this show. And so then 
you get them and then the other directors in the room and they're telling their stories about how they got into Star Wars and how much they appreciated Star Wars and some of their thought process and going into it. And a Taika Waititi talking about, you know, mm-hmm. joking around about how this whole thing was embarrassing uh, yeah. at first <laughs> before he broke down laughing because he couldn't keep a straight face. It was just fun uh, listening to them all talk about their thoughts on the process. And I'm, I can't wait for the next seven episodes of the show. I need to apologize to John Favreau because I did not think he was the guy oh, uh, back in the day. I knew Iron Man, great, you know Iron Man too. Eh. So uh, I was I was a little hesitant, and I I need to apologize. So I'm sure he's listening to the podcast. He yep. has gone above and beyond some of the technology he's brought into the show, uh, the direction. It just it's phenomenal and putting trust in other people and working on just the the story arcs. It, it's just great. Now I now I'm. Just, I cannot wait for season two. And can I say that I am so glad they finished filming before all this pandemic went down. Oh yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, I think the, the background of the directors, one neat thing to see is it was like Favreau is basically teaching Filoni how to do live action this yeah. whole time. And Favreau's learning the star Wars storytelling from Filoni so you can see what they're learning from each other. They didn't focus on that much. They focused on the episode directors, right? But mm-hmm. their supervision, like the umbrella they put over all the different directors, like you said, it was lots of different people to get to the same end goal. And you can see the fingerprints on each episode. Mm-hmm. But yet it didn't feel disjointed. And in the Star Wars community right now, that's one of the biggest complaints is disjointment between movies, right? Different directors and where I feel like the Mandalorian still, I mean, they had four directors and some people have no idea that there was different directors because they don't read credits. Right. Mm-hmm. I read credits. Cause what else am I going to do on a Tuesday night? <laughs> well, credits are important because it is, you know, the people that brought us what we're watching and what we're actually experiencing. So I'm a big credits watcher too. Yeah. So let's um delve into what's next in star wars maybe some rumors and something coming on the book side and it's project luminous um what are your thoughts on that well they clarified project luminous a little bit recently to be the high republic so it's a star wars story taking place 200 years before the phantom menace and i'm all over this this is exciting they've described it as the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. And so I think why I'm the most excited for this is, is that we are getting a lot of Star Wars stories in the past 20 years that are discussing the Jedi at their most flawed. And that's fine. That uh, That's some great storytelling potential there. But I'm excited to see them when they're at their height, when they're galactically renowned, when they're galactically respected, and they are not caught up in this conflict of being preyed upon by the dark side. And uh, I can't wait to see some more of the adventure and the camaraderie and the concept art's been fantastic. So uh, sign me up. Yeah, I feel like it's super exciting too. And Dennis and I have uh, covered this on the show as well at length and just seeing all of these different stories being cast to us from all of the different sorts of media whether it be books or young reader novels, young adult novels, comics, you know, what, what, whatever. And, you know, as Dennis said, it really is kind of a different feel for us than we've seen in the past. And so just being able to experience this and then also being able to see it from the perspective of 
individual Jedi as well and kind of getting to pick our new favorite Jedi and, you know, seeing the adventures that they go on and whatnot. So it's it's very exciting. One thing that I thought was real interesting about what's to come for this is that they got all of the creators together and kind of did like a Project Luminous boot camp. So Mm -hmm. hopefully they're all on the same page and like one whole book won't get retconned like by the next book type of thing. Like it's all going to jive, which is even more fascinating when you read it all. If you read it all, I don't read. I have I I failed that class, so my daughter reads it all. So we've already pre-ordered Claudia Gray's book and uh, Robert Soule's book because he's normally a comic book guy, right? He does great comic books, but he's doing a novel, correct? Yeah, but uh, he's also written two science fiction novels in the past two okay. years that were both they weren't Star Wars and they were a bit more grounded Earthwise, but they were both mm. really good. I enjoyed them quite a bit. So I that is the number one thing I'm looking forward to is Charles Soule's novel. Well, I'm going to have to tell my daughter. She'll have to use her Barnes & Noble gift cards for those two novels that he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, you know, I think it, it goes back to what you were saying before about having these stories that – Yes, they're being collaborated on together by a lot of different people, just like with The Mandalorian, and they still have their own individual fingerprints, but yet they don't feel disjointed. And I think that was the perfect way that you put that, and that is kind of able to you know, be transferred into the way that we're going to see The High Republic as well. Awesome. Do you think if this book series is a success, do you think that's our next trilogy of movies? Thoughts there? Rumor mill? Hmm. I haven't. Question. Yeah, I haven't heard anything definitive. I've heard a lot of hopes that that would be the case. Um, I would love it if they did some animated television out of it. Uh, I think, you know, they haven't announced a new animated series now that this final season of the Clone Wars has come to an end. So I'm hoping they get around to doing that sometime soon. And you know, more Jedi stories from the High Republic sounds like real fertile ground for storytelling. Mm-hmm. I agree. I want to see it on TV. I still think with the Mandalorian, TV is the way to go for some of these more fleshed out stories, kind of like Game of Thrones, uh, Old Republic style. But yeah, I, I want to see more Star Wars TV on Disney+. Plus. I, I can't just do a few episodes in The Mandalorian and have to wait a year. I need one a week. We can take maybe a week off, but no, I need more. A week <laughs> off? Why a week off, Derek? Wait, just let's one, be just, greedy. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll be greedy. I was Give it a breathing, a Super Bowl weekend or something like that, I guess. But uh, okay, sure. 52 weeks, I need 52 episodes. Sign me up. Okay. Fair enough. Sounds All right. good. So to celebrate Star Wars Day just a little more, we're going to each go around and share one of our favorite Star Wars memories. Hmm. Well, for me, I have so many. Um, and a lot of them revolve around my own kids. So my most recent favorite Star Wars memory is definitely going to Celebration Chicago with my old, my younger son. He is he goes by Colby Wan. And so we actually cosplay together and we've done some volunteer work together and we've done some uh, different events around our hometown and such. And so it was just so wonderful to be able to do some fun cosplay with him and just be able to to geek out with him as the 17-year-old that he was at the time. And it was just such a special memory for me. Well, long story short for me, back in 1997, my wife, then fiancé, well, then girlfriend, and I were in between homes because the landlord we had was playing chicken through the city and they decided to condemn our apartment. So we had to do a quick move. Unbeknownst to her, I had ordered an engagement ring 
And it just happened to be ready on the day that the Star Wars Special Edition was being released. And so I picked up that ring. I had nowhere to hide it because we were temporarily staying with my parents while our apartment was a new apartment was getting ready. And so on our way to see A New Hope, the Special Edition, I knew I was not going to be able to sit on this ring and keep a straight face for a week or two. And uh, so I ended up proposing that night. And so it was great getting Star Wars back and getting engaged on that same night, uh, on the same evening. Wow. Wow. How do you top that? Well, that's the show, Dan. (laughs) We don't have to share ours now, right? Uh, Engagement, that's... Oh, Derek, do you want to go next? I, I guess I share? will. Um, I don't want to follow that. Yeah, that was a good one. No, I, I am very much like the, the parenting. I, we took our kids to uh, uh, Hollywood Studios and they really fell in love. My daughter loves Chewbacca. She had a Chewbacca themed birthday party and it just was so fun meeting the characters. And then they wanted to see a movie and that's when The Force Awakens was out. And so uh, we took our kids to see that and they fell in love with Star Wars and have seen all the movies except uh, the last guy, last Skywalker, and uh, so we need to watch that. But it's yeah, on Disney just, Plus. I hear. I know, but there are a couple oh. scenes <laughs> that I have actually I've actually told my my son all the scary scenes so he can be ready for them. So I think we're going to do that this weekend because we're still trying to survive school and the work week and everything like that. Yeah, Palpatine is just as creepy as ever. Yeah, just as creepy, well. even a little bit better. Yeah, more the, creepy. Yes, bird, very much more so. Creepier. I don't have an English strobe light on them. Yeah, well, all right. So, uh, my memory is a family memory. Um, when we were at Disney World, we did Star Wars weekends back when they did those, those were fantastic. They have gone away, may they rest in peace. But we met Ashley Eckstein. And that was definitely the highlight because because of her bringing Ahsoka to life, that's how my daughters fell in love with Star Wars. I believe without Ahsoka being a strong female lead, that could have just been a father-son type of thing. But I think that helped make it for the whole family. Uh, The kids asked her some really great questions. I remember um, at the same time she was playing Mia the Bluebird on Sophia the First. So hmm. Sophia was on our we, – we would go from Sophia the First to Clone Wars. It's not a normal thing for a house, I don't think. So my daughter asked what it was like to go from a really insecure, nervous bird to Ahsoka. And her answer was amazing, and she answered with both voices and kept switching back and forth. And <sighs> I think – Claire was like four, my youngest, and it looked like her head was going to explode while hearing the answer. <laughs> it's like she's no nope, bird. No, nope, you could just see that. So that that's that's our family highlight. That is awesome. There you go. All right. There's the there's the highlights. Let's uh, we should mention the parks just a little bit. Derek. Yeah, we have to do that. Star it is Disney, a uh, Disney uh, parks uh, podcast. Is there Star Wars at the parks? I, I heard there is. I'm. Uh, but, uh, not right now, really. Well, yeah, but it's still there. It's, it's there. physically there. Um, so a little expansion happened called galaxy's edge in the last year. Um, do you want to fill people in Derek? Uh, it's no, really taken over. Ready. I was, I was not ready for that, but, <laughs> okay. uh, I know I got up at, you know, 4am to go stand in line to get in, to make sure I got my boarding group. That whole day is a blur anyway. Yeah, so if if you haven't been yet, definitely when the parks are up and going again, Rise of the Resistance, best attraction ever. I'll say it. Derek doesn't always agree with me because still it's number two. 
he's dead inside. I, uh, That's I why. Guess. And uh, um, you guys have been to the parks. Um, Dennis, a little bit more, I understand. But what are uh, some park highlights for you guys, Star Wars wise? Well, unfortunately, I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet, and I would have been if coronavirus hadn't killed my ah. trip at the end of March. Uh, yeah, I was supposed to uh, chaperone my oldest's uh, orchestra trip. They were all going down, and that was going to be my first introduction. If Star Wars Celebration happens in August, then I'll get to visit Galaxy's Edge out at Disneyland, but I'm not optimistic about that. But beyond that, um, I've done... A Star Wars weekend. Uh, that was my kid's first trip to Walt Disney World, and we had a good time. We didn't even know it was a Star Wars weekend until we got oh. there. And uh, we went and checked out all the amazing merchandise and caught a parade. And uh, we didn't get to do everything Star Wars weekend had to offer just because we weren't in the know. But that was a lot of fun. Uh, my son's claim to fame is that he got to be the rebel spy on star oh. tours oh, twice yeah. in one week. Ooh, wow. Twice. And <laughs> I asked him, what did you do in order to be the rebel spy? And he said, horrible things on behalf of the rebellion, things I'm not proud of. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like one. And so he had the wherewithal that for funny. that one. Yeah. And, um, but you know, I can't get enough star tours. I got to do galactic nights at star Wars celebration Orlando that one time. And, got to see Vanessa Marshall interview John Knoll and Alan Tudyk and that was a lot of fun but when they do Star Wars at the parks they go all out and last year my wife and I did like I said earlier the rival run weekend and we spent a lot of time there and getting to watch Phasma and the Stormtroopers march down uh, Sunset Boulevard was just incredible and I could just gush on and on and on but when I heard Disney was acquiring Lucasfilm I knew so much more Star Wars is coming to the parks and I was excited and it's killing me that I have not yet done Smuggler's Run or Rise of the Resistance or seen Batu yet because I've read so much about them and I've heard so many people say so many glowing things about them and I'm just resisting that urge to get on YouTube and see it all because I want to experience it firsthand myself. Ooh, so we don't need too many spoilers on this episode, but yeah, it's... He doesn't want to see spoilers, Derek. It's it's all good, but the blue milk. There you go. (laughs) Well, for me, I just live vicariously through Dennis. The one and only time that I was ever at Disney was when I was 16 years old back in 1986. And I've never been back. So I just, you know, between Dennis and just getting to see all the wonderful smiles and experiences that everyone else has had and just listening to different stories, you know, someday maybe I'll get there. Um, But it's obviously not going to happen anytime soon, but it's definitely on my bucket list. And um, so, yeah, so maybe someday I'll actually get there and be able to experience everything. When you do, we'll guide you through every step you need. Don't worry. Yes. I'm going to need a step-by-step, you know, to-do list and what to do, how to do it, when to do it, (laughs) because I'm definitely the newbie. So I'll be relying very heavily on all of you. Excellent. It's amazing. What we're here for. Words cannot even express, because I was there in Walt Disney World when uh, the land opened. And Mm -hmm. so I waited a couple days, and uh, we went, I mean, it was dark sun just coming out they're walking us back there and that's still not just a star wars highlight but a disney highlight just being with all these star wars fanatics coming into the land it was just beautiful and breathtaking i cannot say enough great things of what disney has done with this just the property and the attractions Mm. yeah 
yeah, it, it is fascinating and um, enjoying the opening day of Rise of the Resistance. Missed the opening at Disneyland by about a week when I went out there. And then what did I do? Star Wars at Disney World like a week after you? I kept going a week late. I, you know, my trips just didn't work out as perfect as yours, Derek. I felt like I won and lost the lottery because we already had that trip booked. And they're like, hey, we're going to open this up and food and wine. Good luck. And I was like, oh, and a hurricane. All those things happen <laughs> at once, which actually worked out because the hurricane was the reason why my uh, my son, my six-year-old, was able to get on Smuggler's Run because there wasn't a lot of people there and we were able to go back. So he loved that. He's a gunner. Big I'll tell you what, Smuggler's Run is best with a crew. Like you yep. want six people or four people so at least. So us four and then let's grab two more. We'll be good. It will be fun. Um, my kids are master pirates already. So, I mean, nice. yeah, it's... There's smooth sailing with them, it, but we still yell at them a lot when they're flying, kind of like when they yell at us when we're driving. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> Be quiet in the back seat, you know, type of moment. So, there you go. There's there's the parks, Star Wars. I don't think I think we covered it, Derek. I, I think it's so. Exciting. Hopefully, I'm just hoping that the Star Wars hotel still gets built. We will see. Mm. It's uh, it will be. I think it's. I think it's far enough along. It's got to keep moving. At some pace, it yeah. may not be as fast, but I think it will happen. I think that market is still there um, because it's just kind of a silly, stupid market that they're after, and that market exists despite things. So I think that's going to happen. That will be fascinating when we do that, Derek. When we do, I like when, it. When when we do it. So and uh, yeah, Star Wars Hotel. I hope I I hope we get. Right now, they just have the one Star Wars run. I hope they add races back to California at some point so mm-hmm. they can do the two different coasts Star Wars run and you can get the Kessel Run medal again for actually doing it. Mm. That's my yeah. favorite medal. I managed to get the Kessel Run medal last year by doing the virtual half and the half there in Orlando. Yeah. And I felt like perhaps I was getting away with something based on what I'd heard people say earlier. You're kind of paying for a medal, right? But with the Disney race, that's what you're really doing. You're you're paying for the medal. But California is so much nicer to run because um, the hotels aren't all spread out. So you just get up and walk to the starting line like an hour before instead of like 70 hours before. (laughs) And you don't walk two miles to get to the starting line. You walk like a half mile. So California was awesome for that. But the downside is you run through really random neighborhoods of Anaheim where there's like bars on the windows and nobody's around other than the people running the race. And you're kind of like, are we in the right spot? So there you go. Summed <laughs> up that. Okay. Should we move on to the lightning round, Derek? The lightning round. All Ooh. right. There's a sound well, effect that goes right there. You'll hear. Is there? <laughs> yes. It's high budget, high it budget is. all the time. All right. Well, the lightning round is, um, where we ask you to name your favorite Disney or Pixar or Star Wars or Marvel, however it falls under the Disney umbrella for you, various things. And if you don't know the answer, you, of course, can pass. And you could answer both answer, answer together, whatever you need to do. We do keep score, though, and you will be judged. However, there are no winners or losers. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Are you ready? Yeah. Sure. All right. Your favorite Disney movie. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Other than Star Wars, Aladdin, because I had songs that came from that for my wedding. Ooh. Wow! Now we need maybe we'll get that later. All right, that's, <laughs> that's like a that's like a score in Derek's column with the Aladdin answer, isn't it? I like All it. right, favorite Disney character. 
Helen Parr. Elastigirl, oh, Mrs. Incredible herself. Good one. Uh, Donald Duck. I love his temper. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are excellent choices. I don't know that we've gotten Helen before, Derek. That's no, awesome. No, that's a new one. That's a good one. All right, favorite Disney villain? Captain Hector Barbosa. Ooh, okay. nice. Um, yeah. I'm going to say Scar. That's a quality answers. I think the villain question <laughs> reveals the most about a personality, though. Ooh. I think for sure. All right, favorite Disney song? A whole new world. Ooh, I and it was, I, I think that's the first time someone sung wins that answer. <laughs> Double points. Ooh, you set the stage for me. Okay. Be our guest. Be our guest. Nice. That's, that was impressive. That was impressive. All you know, right. we did not do the sing-along last week, Doug. This is making up no, for it. We're making up for it. We've we've uh, petered out on the sing-along we've been doing. All right. Favorite Disney park? I'll see. I guess uh, Disneyland, since that's the only place I've ever been. It's like a solid choice then. <laughs> um, for me, the Magic Kingdom. Well, when All you right. guys get to check out the studios, I have a feeling it might change. It's gonna, it's gonna switch. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the big caveat to that one. Yeah. Um, favorite classic attraction? You define classic. Mm, it's a small world because that always stuck with me. And of course, the song. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Earworm. The Haunted Mansion. Excellent answers. Favorite modern attraction? Uh, Flight of Passage. Good choice. I'll have to pass, but if I had to pick one, probably, you know, Galaxy's Edge. Is that considered an attraction? I mean, it's I mean, a that's lot a of them. land. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Rise of the Resistance is what you There you, you go. For. Okay. There you yes, go. that's that is my favorite modern attraction for sure. Derek hasn't come to the uh, dark side and joined me. I loved it. It just I when you have to get up so early and your expectations are through the roof. Uh, I, I got to do it again with you, Doug, and hopefully on our next trip. Um, I just don't have to stress out so much about it. There you go. All right. Favorite Disney resort. Well, I just keep going to the same few ones, so I'm gonna those. I'm gonna pick the Coronado. Nice, very I nice. Have to keep passing. I just, I'm just gonna have to learn, you know, from you guys. You, you like the Beach Club? Do I? Okay, yep. sounds good. Yep, you can get to Star Wars <laughs> very quick from there. It's very nice and swinky. Yep. Nice. Right, Derek? Isn't that? I love the Beach Club. That's a I great one. Yes, good choice. Yeah. Excellent choice. Scoring very well. All right. Uh, <laughs> favorite counter service restaurant? For me, that's Gaston's Tavern. I love going there for breakfast and oh, getting cinnamon roll. Yeah, cinnamon roll and the Foos Brew. Ooh. Again, I, I, I got nothing, but whatever whatever you tell me, I will like. I you know, Soli's Canteen is a good one. Or Sutuli's Canteen. I can't yeah. pronounce things right today. Um, that that would be good. That's in Docking Avatar. Bay 7. That's Star Wars. Docking Bay 7. There you go. That's Ronto Wraps. There's your favorite counter uh-huh. service. Ronto Wraps. All right. Um, table service. That for me is Yak and Yeti simply because the meal I had there on my last trip was quite possibly the best meal I've ever had at Disney. You know, we've gotten that a few times yeah. lately, haven't and we? And my Derek? wife has said that a couple times, too. It's impressive for Yak and Yeti. Um, all right. Uh, table service, you, you want a suggestion? 
Well, I, I actually have heard a little bit about the Be Our Guest restaurant. So, you know, okay. I do I I do love Beauty and the Beast. So I'll go with that one. It's good is choice. Oga's, Derek, is Oga's considered a table service or is that just a bar? You That's have to have a, a reservation. Bar. You have to have a reservation. There's no food. Know. You got yeah, you gotta eat All at right, a table fine. service. All right, okay. All right. Uh favorite Disney snack. It's generic, but I'm going to go with the uh, – well, actually, I'm going to put a twist on it. I'm going to do the Dole Whip float. Oh, oh another one for Doug. Yes. All right. No <laughs> pressure, Jay, but what is your favorite Disney snack? Uh, well, you know, you took my answer with the Dole Whip thing because I know everybody uh, keeps, like, going on and on and on about the Dole Whip. Um, but I, I feel like I've heard something about some kind of Sunday, some plaza Sunday or something like that. That There's – Kitchen sink Sunday and the plaza okay. is. Maybe that's it. If you like I, I ice, love cream. ice cream. Oh there yeah. You go. Oh yeah. The kitchen sink. can't go wrong with anything that's Mickey shaped either. Like there's the classic Mickey bar, like you can get at your grocer's freezer. Ta-da. Yeah, look at that. And they're not even paying me for that advertisement. All right. Favorite Disney drink. Well, I haven't been able to get to Trader Sam or Ogo's Cantina, and so I'm going to have to go with what I mentioned earlier, LeFou's Brew. It is a must-do on any trip uh, to Disney for me. Do you like that, Derek? Have you had it before? It's good. It's not my go-to now. I think because in the morning I'm uh, back to the mouse.com, I get my Starbucks at Magic Kingdom. So I'll get my Starbucks in a giant cinnamon roll, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm gonna say anything that's blue. So, oh, so the hyperdrive would be your drink okay. if you want alcohol from Ogus, right? The hyperdrive is blue, correct, Derek? Sure. I can't remember. I'll have to look at my pictures. And... Did you have too much to drink at Ogus? Actually, that... I didn't drink at all the last time. I got all the non-alcoholic ones. They have so many non-alcoholic drinks there that are fascinating, like the Bestfin Fizz. That was good. that's really good. Yep. That's really good. But the hyperdrive is blue. So what about go. blue milk? Well, no, see, that's why no. I picked blue because, no. you know, it's you not... already said don't do the blue milk, but so I had to it, stay true to Star Wars. The green milk is worse than blue oh, milk. Oh, God, the green milk is horrible. It's like drinking potpourri. But if you're a vegetarian, <laughs> the milks are great. If you're a vegan, you really love those milks because they're not actually milk. They're all fruity Almany, I don't even know. It's just make milk milk. It's not that complicated, but they made it complicated. Mm-hmm. All right. A Disney bucket list item. Well, it's I'm a Star Wars fan. It's Galaxy's Edge. And once I'm there, I'm sure half the answers to this lightning round questions will change. But <laughs> since I haven't experienced the it yet, the the answers are based on experience. I actually do have an answer for this one, just because since Disney is on my bucket list, the one thing that I've always wanted to do is to run at Disney. So my bucket list item is to get a medal from running in the park. Oh, that's on my list, too. We can do it together, but you'll beat me. Give me a two-hour head start. (laughs) Depending on what corral you're in, you could almost arrange that. (laughs) Now that you can buy your way into corrals, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah, the... The rival run is fantastic. I I almost kind of wanted to sign up for it this year, but I did not, and I'm glad I didn't. But that completes the lightning round. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, and why don't you take a minute to share with the Rope Droppers where they can find you. 
Sure. So Podcast Stardust is available on your podcatcher of choice three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you want to find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Podcast Stardust. And yeah, that's the best places to find us. We also are around on places like Pinterest and um, I think that just about hits us. And we uh, have our homepage over on RetroZap.com. Wonderful. And YouTube. Yeah, Ooh, you can catch on YouTube. YouTube too. Yes. Well, I'll put uh, that in the show notes for sure. But honestly, guys, thank you so much for being on this May the 4th special. And hopefully one day when the parks do reopen, we can all get down to Galaxy's Edge together. And oh, I can't wait. Amazing. Share amazing. a blue milk. We'd only need one. <laughs> only, yes, that's... Well, I don't know. Social distancing. No one wants to keep drinking. We'll have to get more cups. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole nother show topic. What are they... Because so many people get crammed in there. I can't imagine what they're going to do. Social well, we'll distancing. Yeah, with uh, Star Wars Land. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh doesn't affect it too much. And hopefully the hotel gets up and running. We can all go there together as well. Sound good? Sounds fantastic. Sounds amazing. Awesome. Well, guys, take a take a minute, go to their podcast, download some episodes, really great stuff. And then we want to know from our listeners, what is your favorite scene in all of Star Wars? And uh, yeah, we'll have that as our kind of question on all of our social medias, which means you need to follow us at Rope Drop Radio at all the things. And uh, Doug, hopefully no one has the sand talk or... This is pod racing. That's the other one that drives me nuts. It will, it will mostly be like around the dinner table when they meet Anakin's mother. And she's like, I don't like it when you pod race. I die inside with zero emotion. I don't. It's like the casting director lost a bet and put her in there. George That's Lucas sometimes just needs a no person. Just like, no, George, come on. Let's think about that. So I always felt about the original trail or the uh, not the original the uh, episode one two and three. Yep, too many favors cashed in, right? Yeah, that's how I always felt about them. It's like how much money was spent on the the guy, the blue screen guy. Just like, yeah, we'll fix it in post. So I don't know. We're derailing on on topic here. You were wrapping things up, Derek. Let's yeah, get I to was. the after Sorry, show. back to it. All right, and it to be a Patreon to get to that after show. That will be in the show notes as well. We do have to give a huge thank you to two of our sponsors, BackToTheMouse.com. Uh, he loves getting his Starbucks before going to Galaxy's Edge. So take a minute and check out that website. And of course, if you want to see Galaxy's Edge, you need to book a trip with Michelle McKnight. Her email is in the show notes as well. But that is all the time that we have. Thank you guys so much for being on the episode. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.